Welcome everyone live from McKillop College, Werribee in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Mac Live on Live FM. My name is Kai Capavilla and my co-host today is Blake Ribley. Our special guest today is Exto, our senior school footy coach. Um, hi, Mr. Exton. Welcome to the How are you going, lads? Show. Looking forward to a, let's make it a controversial conversation, hey? Yeah. We'll try our best. We'll try no our worries. best. Uh, so the first question today is, do you think athletes would choose to allow performance-enhancing ha- drugs in sport? I think it's a really interesting question, guys. Actually, can I just jump in? Uh, it'd be great if you set the interview up at the start when you introduce Mr. Exton. Just so we're going to be talking about drugs in sports today with Mr. Exton. So, yep. so suddenly, because people are still yeah, going to yep. be wondering okay, into yep. that first question. Yeah. Okay, let's start it again. Uh, By the way, it was a great start. Yep. Just a little bit more information about why you've got him on. Okay, right, cool. yep. off you go. Welcome, everyone. Live from McKillop College, Werribee in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Mac Live on Live FM. My name is Kai Capavilla and my co-host today is Blake Ribley. Today, our special guest is Mr. Exton, our school footy coach. Hi, Mr. Exton. Welcome to the show. Today, oh, I, sh- I should let him speak, shouldn't I? Yep. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> no, absolutely. It was a great start. And just let him say, yeah, it's, yep. it's wonderful to be here. Yep. Let's start it again, but yep. it's all sounding great. All right. Off you go. Welcome, everyone, from Live McKillop College, Werribee in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Mac Live on Live FM. My name is Kai Capavilla and my co-host today is Blake Rubley. Our special guest today is Mr. Exton. Hi, Mr. Exton. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's a, I'm hopeful that we're going to have an enjoyable conversation. And our conversation today is actually about drugs in sport. So let's see if we can make it uh, controversial. Yes, and- interesting and controversial and yeah. thought-provoking, we hope. Well, we hope so. We'll yeah. try our best. So um, first off, do you think athletes would choose to allow performance-enhancing drugs in sport? You know, I've been thinking about this since um, Kai spoke to me about the possible topic, and I was thinking to myself, if I was 0.5 of a second below making a 100-metre final at the Olympic Games, would I be prepared to take a chance on taking drugs if that was going to win me a gold medal? And I was thinking to myself, the moral side of me would say, no, of course, it's the wrong thing to do. The part of me that would like to win, I reckon I'd be very tempted to do that because if it's you think of the difference it would be between coming fifth at the Olympic Games in 100 metres and coming first, I think if you were that far away, you'd be really tempted to try it. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, I'd probably be the same. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't you feel like that would let your, your fans or your family down knowing that you have to cheat to get across that line? I think one of those things... Kai, about that is, number one, if you don't get caught, you never think about that. You just think about what's going to come. <laughs> and let's face it, if you think about this, this is an actual example. Ben Johnson, 1988 Olympics in Seoul, he won the 100 metres final. Now, after that, it was found that he was taking steroids. But for a period of time, he was the most famous athlete in the world. So there was a sense that he was prepared to take the risk. I think... As to whether you step over the line and you do it, that's one thing. But I can't say that any athlete that, that is that close to being successful in any sport, okay, wouldn't contemplate it. If we look at Essendon in a local context, the footy at Essendon, if you listen to James Hurd speak about this, he talks about the fact that he was actually quite sick and tired of Essendon being bullied by the Hawthorns and the Collingwoods at that time, that he felt that they were always bigger and stronger and more physical. So he wanted to do something 
that closed that gap. Now, we don't know whether it was illegal or not. They were using substances that were unsafe, but we don't know. So do I blame James Hurd for wanting to get Essendon bigger and stronger to be able to compete for a grand final? No. Did he perhaps go about it in the wrong way? I think a lot of us moralise about the right and wrong of things until we're actually in a situation where, like for me, me taking steroids is never going to get me in the 100-metre final at the Olympic Games. So there's not a lot of incentive to do it. But that's easy for me to say I'd never do it. What about if I was actually going to make a final and I was a chance of winning and somebody offered me something that they were saying, you take this and you're going to be faster and stronger. I can't say you'd do it, but I reckon you'd be tempted myself. Yeah, you'd, you'd yeah. really want to make yourself like, you know, I, oh, think you would. I can win this now. Exactly. Now, hopefully there's somebody in the background that's going, I know you're tempted to do this, but we can do it legally. I'm your coach. I'll give you faith. We can do it in the right way. And that's the other thing that's been proven. I don't think there's an example of a drug that is performance enhancing where the improvement can't be attained through hard work and natural means. You might get it faster and the improvement might be quicker, but there's not a drug that you can't – your dad's into fitness and everything. There's, I bet you if you spoke to your dad, drugs can get you there faster, but you can also find a natural way yeah. to be able to get the same improvement in all circumstances. All it's going to do is take a bit longer and maybe a bit harder work to be able to do it. So what else have we got to talk about, gents? Um, going along the, the line of like athletes using drugs, yep. uh, how often do you think athletes need to be tested? If, if and, uh, impro- uh, their performances yep. are improving at a higher rate than everyone else's and there's a conspiracy that, oh, they may, maybe they are using drugs, how, how often do you think they should be tested? Well, I think they're already tested a lot now. There's in-competition tests, there's out-of-competition tests. My understanding of an Olympic athlete is that they actually, and I think AFL athletes have to do this, they have to fill in a diary and actually that diary is public and they have to be where they say that they will be for the whole of the time that they're um, that they're, they've got to be there so they can be tested, which is really interesting. Mm, yeah. So I think they're already tested enough. And I do think there is a right to privacy. If you believe what happens with WADA and ASADA and stuff, that they can turn up at your house at – five o'clock in the morning and they're testing that you're there and then they can ask you to take it they can ask you to to do a urine sample at five o'clock in the morning and if you're not there and you're not there a second time they can actually fine you or ban you for the simple fact that you're not in the place that you said you'd be at the time that you were I think um Rio Ferdinand in in um Premier League soccer he actually was meant to be at the training ground about three times and wasn't there and they were able to ban him for six months. So I think they're tested a fair bit already. But um, I think there's also a balance between privacy and being tested. So that's what I'd say. Yep. Um, how do you think clean athletes feel about those who use drugs? Well, I think they'd feel really upset. And I could yeah. use a whole lot of other adjectives to describe it. But I think you'd be absolutely upset. And then here's an example. There's an athlete that you wouldn't be aware of 
called Raylene Boyle. She was an Australian female 400-metre runner. Now, she was competing at the time in the 70s and 80s where drugs, the use of performance-enhancing drugs, was very common, particularly in um, some parts of Europe. Okay? Now, she did not win an Olympic gold medal. She ran in finals and ran placings. And almost every athlete she's com competed against has come out after they've won and said, admitted that they were taking performance-enhancing drugs during that time. Now, if you're her, I think you'd be really, 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 really upset. And I just that's definitely unfair. Yeah. But here's the alternate, okay? What about if you decided there's this set of drugs you can take, you make it available to everyone, and those drugs are performance-enhancing, but everyone gets the equal opportunity. But there's the problem, though. Not everyone's going to take the same stuff. Somebody's going to be having more money and getting some chemist in some lab to try and come up with something that's better than the previous versions. So because it's all about performance, no one's just going to accept what it is now Everyone's going to, everyone's going to try to find something else that it is that is even better to make you go faster. Yeah, I feel like I'd be more disappointed than anything if if I'm like in a race with someone and I knew they were using performance-enhancing oh. drugs. And and can I say I would dare say, Kai, that there would be there would have been instances in the recent history where guys are getting onto a block against another bloke. And they can't absolutely prove it, but they probably know that that guy's been taking something, but he hasn't tested positive because he's got a good doctor or whatever else. He's been able to get away with it, and I think that would even be very that would be very hard to take. Yeah. If you are tuning in, you're listening to Mac Live on Live FM, live from the Kelb College, Werribee in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Kai Capavilla, and my co-host today is Blake Rubley, and our special guest today is Mr. Exton. So um, what do you think is the top reason for drugs being taken? For example, Bailey Smith using his mental health as an excuse or whether he was really doing or if he was really dealing with things? Well, I think there's – it's really interesting. Um, I think there's two sides to this. I mean, I think it's pretty simple why guy take, guy, people, males and females in sport, take drugs because in professional sport these days – Winning is worth hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Money and fame beyond what we would ever imagine. So there's a fair incentive there to want to take it. I think we need to be careful and I work a little bit in this wellbeing space. I would always believe if a person comes out and says that I've had mental health issues, I would never not believe them. I would always take what they say on face value. Now, I'd be saying to any player, I'd be saying, okay, what's the best way to help you? Taking an illicit substance like Bailey Smith did, that's not an effective way to deal with the issues you're dealing with. Do I understand why you chose to do it? Absolutely. 
but I'd also hope that Bailey Smith feels like he's got people around him where he can actually go and get the right advice because what Bailey Smith's not understanding is the illicit drugs that he's actually taking are actually contributing most likely to his well-being and mental health issues rather than alleviate. They might alleviate it in the short term, okay, but they're not going to make him feel better in the long term. Now, maybe the issue with Bailey Smith was he didn't know who to speak to. He didn't know, and that's typical of most males of our generation in terms of talking about this sort of stuff. Are you more? Li- are you just as likely to go and get drunk, for instance? Are you more likely to go and get drunk than and to cover your symptoms than go and speak to somebody and say, "Look, I'm really struggling at the moment. Do you know anyone I could speak to, or you know what I could do?" So, um, I can understand why people are a bit sceptical and think. Oh, he's just making up an excuse for taking an illicit substance. But I'd always err on the side of believing that he's genuinely not feeling great and he thought that this might make it a bit easier for him to deal with. And just very quietly, if I lost that grand final like the doggies, I'd actually want to try and forget it as well, just very quietly. But that's for another day. Um. This is our last question today. Yep. We uh, appreciate you coming on yep. here. No worries. Uh, there was a lot of misinterpretation and miscommunication throughout the Essendon drug saga, yep. uh, which started in 2012 to 2016, leading up to 34 players being suspended. Mm. What are your takes on this topic and do you think it was dragged out? Oh, there's no question it got dragged out for a long time, but that's probably because it's such a big issue in such a small place. Like Melbourne's a big city, but Aussie rules football is so big in this place do I look I don't know I don't know whether the stuff that they were taking was illegal and that's never been categorically proven that it was illegal okay were they pushing the boundaries were they trying to give their players stuff that no one else was was having absolutely they were did they know enough about what they were using no they didn't so I don't blame Essendon's coaching staff for wanting to try and find a way of improving their players. I think I said this before, Guy, he was sick and – if you read information about James Heard came into Essendon coach and he was sick and tired of being belted up by clubs that he felt were always bigger and stronger than him. And, they, and he was looking around at his medical team and his fitness staff going, why are they so much bigger than us? Why are they so much stronger than us? What are they doing? that we're not doing. Now, I don't know whether he suspected that those clubs were doing something illegal or whether they were giving them vitamins that Essendon didn't have access to, but he just wanted his team to get better. What what didn't the – I think the problem that I would have, the players felt forced to take it, even though they weren't really being told what it actually was, um, that it wasn't probably administered properly in terms of – you know, keeping a record of dosage and how often and all that sort of stuff. And then when it came open, it looked really sus. It looked like they were trying to cheat. Yep. I don't actually think that they were giving – they weren't giving their players anabolic steroids, which everyone knew what are illegal. They weren't giving them an illicit substance. They were giving them – a cocktail of vitamins that were meant to effectively do what steroids do, allow the players to train harder, recover quicker, to be able to train harder again. 
without fatigue and without all the injuries and stuff like that. And they were thinking that if a player got injured, they'd recover faster, so they'd be playing faster and they'd recover. And you know, as terms of weights, if you can recover faster and lift more weights, you're going to get stronger quicker. That's all they wanted to do. Did it get dragged on? Yes. Were individuals vilified in terms of criticised and their reputations? I feel, I would be honest with you, the guy I feel the most sorry for out of all this, and it's not mentioned often, Joe Watson won a Brownlow medal in one of the years that the Essendon drug saga was on, and he had a really good season. I don't think whatever vitamins he was taking was the difference between him winning a Brownlow and not winning a Brownlow. He had a Brownlow taken off him. Now, he's paid a huge personal price for just doing what coaches would tell you to do, and you guys both play footy or sport. If you respect the coach, even in an AFL situation, if you can't, if your doctor came up to you and gave you something, you might ask the question, is this legal? If the doctor said to you, yeah, it's legal, or you're getting a jab, you go to your doctor all of the time, don't you? We just had COVID vaccines. I didn't know what was going into my arm. I just trusted somebody to say it's safe and it's going to be okay. If you're in a football situation, Kai and I've coached you and you play outside of school, if a doctor or a coach that you respected gave you something that said it would make you recover faster and you'll be able to perform better for the game and you got and you asked the question, is that legal? You're a smart person, but I reckon you would probably go, if he says it's okay, yeah. I believe it's okay, yeah. so I'll take it. And if you got caught six months down the track and somebody said to you that was illegal, I don't think you're naive. I don't think you're wrong for trusting somebody. I actually think credit to you for trusting somebody around you to say, take that. Because in an AFL situation, you're about to play in a grand final, aren't you? Yep. Yeah? And you've lost a grand final, yeah? So the following year, if the coach was saying, we're going to do something differently to help you improve and make a grand final the following year, you'd be open to that, yeah? Yeah. Absolutely. So I think the Essendon saga is an interesting saga and I think it's really interesting because it was never proven that the substances were illegal. They got banned despite that, okay? And look, I don't barrack for Essendon, but the club's never been. Do you barrack for Essendon? Collingwood. Do you barrack for – who do you barrack for? Bulldogs. Bulldogs. I'm sorry for making that <laughs> thing about the grand final. I really apologise. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it was an interesting um, thing. But just – there's a lot of sports science around these days. But the simple fact of the matter is if you eat well, you train hard, you have the right amount of sleep and rest, you'll be able to attain every improvement that you'll get through a drug just through your your body actually getting used to training and training well. Yeah. yeah so that's what my take on it. Thanks, guys, for um, having me on. It's been really good and um, really appreciate um, the opportunity and you've done a really good job today. So. Um, Good luck with your grand final in a week's time, Kai. Thank um, you, don't thank get you. too nervous. No, try not to. You'll be fine, <laughs> I think. And uh, you've won 18 games in a row, so it'd be disappointing to to lose a grand. Not that that's any pressure, but yeah. Okay, <laughs> no worries. Uh, that's all we have time for today. Thank you to our guest, Mr. Exton. It's been a great pleasure talking to you today, live from the Kilb College, Roby in Melbourne, Australia. You've been listening to Mac Live on Live FM.
My name is Kai Capavilla and my co-host today was Blake Rubley. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have found the information t today useful. Until next time, have a great day.